For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done. What's going on, Thunder fans? You people are listening to Topic Thunder. What's up, Thunder fans? I'm Stephen Dolan, and we're hitting you with a weekly right now, but... I just have to geek out a little bit for a second because me and Anthony Montero, who's on this podcast with me, and Maddie Moles, who had to drop off for this one, just got done recording a podcast with a special guest, a something of a Twitter celebrity, something of a personal celebrity. I don't know, man. I, I just I just couldn't believe he was talking to us on the podcast that we have with uh, James Hollis at snotty dripping on twitter uh big thanks to him again for recording with us that pod's going to be releasing maybe on wednesday morning uh still working out the schedule a little bit but we think that's when it's going to drop anthony how'd you enjoy doing that man oh it was a great time great conversation to have uh just talking about basketball the thunder um in general with with somebody as you put it media adjacent um, and talking about fandom and whether there's a bias or not a bias. It was a really good combo. Yeah, and um, just real quick, because with these weeklies don't go up on Thunderous Intentions, so we can be a little looser with our content here. I have a quick quote to drop from Snotty Drippin', and here it is. Russell Westbrook is a motherfucking dog. That guy's he's, he's incredible. So that's how he feels about Russell Westbrook. So also with us tonight, we have Alex Roig on the pod out of Oklahoma. What's going on, Alex? I'm good. I'm good. A little bit, a little bit bummed that I missed out on the uh, on the snotty interview, but uh, but I'm glad to be here. Well, don't worry. You can catch that one on all of your podcasting platforms. You can catch that one on TI when it comes out, and at OKC Topic Thunder on Twitter. And look, like. He plugged his stuff at the end, but I just want to make sure on the off chance, and it's an off chance, that one of our listeners is not also following at Snotty Drippin' on Twitter. You need to make sure and give that guy a follow. He's putting out writing, he's putting out great content, and he's putting out podcasts at the Dunktails Pod. Um, just a great follow. So just I want to make sure to give him his proper shout out. So moving on. We're going to do our standard weekly, and we're going to hook up the TiVo. And look, Thunder fans, if you didn't get to pay attention to the games this week, if you didn't watch the Thunder go two and a very sad one, you don't have to explain to me why you need TiVo. So starting off the week with the first victory, um, the Thunder took on Detroit. Uh, some of the stat lines from that game, Adams had a monstrous game. He had 21 
points, one assist. Or, I'm sorry, 27 points, one assist, and six rebounds. Paul George with 17 uh, points, four assists, 10 rebounds. Russell Westbrook had 18 points, six assists, six rebounds. And Nerlens Noel came in with 12 and eight off the bench. Uh, for Detroit, Andre Drummond had 13 and six. Uh, had a really tough night being guarded against uh, Stephen Adams. Uh, and also being used and abused at times by Stephen Adams. Uh, Blake Griffin had 20 points, uh, four assists, five rebounds, and uh, Reggie Jackson, of course, 10 points, two assists, three rebounds. So of obviously, <laughs> obviously, some of the things uh, that you wanted to see is the uh, the uh, back and forth between Reggie Jackson and Russell Westbrook, to which Russell Westbrook had his signature rockabye, baby, uh, a couple of times on Jackson, uh, a back and forth game. But uh, defense overwhelmed Detroit, and they're just not that great. Uh, and so, obviously, we start off the the three-game campaign uh, with a victory. And more on campaign later. But <laughs> that 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 was a really good win for the Thunder, right? The, the Pistons were coming in hot off a couple great victories. They had just beaten the Warriors and Steph Curry's return game where they were presumably at full strength or close to it i i don't know i think to this season to that point in the season that might have been the thunders to to this point in the season that might be the thunders signature victory just completely dismantling the pistons on the road i mean i know they beat the rockets and the warriors but the warriors only had kd and the rockets you know are the Rockets? They're not. They, they are the Rockets, right? <laughs> we we will talk about them later. Somebody forgot to fuel up the Rocket this season. One <laughs> uh, one of the one of the big things. So I I, I did a write up on the on a preview for this game, and one of the big things that I noticed was how similar statistically, um, up to that point, the the Pistons were to the Thunder. I mean, it was basically you you were just looking at, you know, if the Thunder were. 14th, you know, the, the Pistons were 15th or vice versa. Um, so in a lot in a lot of statistical categories, they were very similar, especially rebounding. When you're talking about Drummond versus Adams, um, when you're talking about maybe defensively, um, they were very similar. And so it, it was surprising to see the Thunder just jump out on them and just, just basically maul them. You know, it, it wasn't even a close game. What comes to mind... <clears throat> talking about how we just the thunder overall mauled them is the um sometime in the game uh who was it uh adams i believe or maybe it was uh grant got behind blake griffin and his face just lit up like asking for andre drummond drain, to like, drain, drain, drain. like help him out <laughs> and he's just like a deer in the headlights that's just kind of how the whole night went yeah that was that's hilarious I mean, it was a great but I mean, and, and look, I, t- I tweeted this out from the OKC Topic Thunder Twitter account. But the coolest thing about that to me was that immediately afterward, Adams got an and one when he totally had Blake sealed on that play. And I one of their guards came over and slapped him on the arm and Adams got the and one. And immediately, instead of celebrating in his and one and look, we'd expect nothing less from Steven Adams. He walked straight back up the lane and grabbed Jeremy Grant and talked about him about talked to him about a defensive play on the previous possession like he was not here to celebrate 
that victory, he was like, no, we got to fix what happened right before that. And I, I think that's something that's really noteworthy about this team so far this year is that level of accountability, even all the way to the top. Yeah, most definitely as, as a team, as a whole, um, especially since the Thunder have been either one or two um, for a few weeks now defensively, like you can tell that they're priding themselves in their defense and that is going to what's going to maintain it. All right. So, uh, so when was it? Uh, was it Wednesday or Thursday? I forget the Brooklyn game was on, I think it was on Wednesday. It's Wednesday. Uh, but the Thunder defeated, you know, it was Wednesday. So the Thunder defeated the Nets 114 to 112 um, in a game where for about 36 minutes of the game, uh, it seemed like it was Mexico City all over again, and the Nets were gonna the Nets were gonna dominate the Thunder um, by using their athletes, their uh, to kind of get on the break to kind of um, you know that the way they play is, is very is very much akin to how this this new NBA is going with a lot of three pointers, um, and so they were just shooting them, they were making them for for the first three quarters of the game. Um, and then the fourth quarter happened, and that's basically the story of this game where Paul George just went, just, you know, caught on fire, uh, scored 25 points in the quarter. Uh, the Thunder outscored the Nets by by 20 points in the quarter, and they ended up winning by two. But it was just, it was a virtuoso performance by PG. It's one of those performances where you look at it, and if he's building an MVP-type resume for the season, this is one of the games that you look back on. This, I mean, this might be the first game that you look back on. Um, he hit his first game winner of his career, um, a three-pointer with about weird three, yeah, three seconds left. Um, he was just great. He was great all evening. He scored 47 points. He had 15 rebounds. Um, the rebound thing is kind of becoming a thing with him as far as getting double totally. doubles. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was it was just it was a great thing to see. It was one of those games that kind of harked back to the Westbrook and Durant tandem where whenever they were playing inferior teams and they were down, you know, heading to the fourth quarter, you know, you knew that once Westbrook and Durant got into the game, um, they would find some way to win it. And that's what it kind of reminded me of. Yeah, it totally did. And and the thing about it that reminded me the most severely of the Westbrook Durant years is that when Paul George had it cooking, Westbrook deferred. You know, like he was just like, all right, you got it going, big fella. Like, go get it. And as much as people want to point out the two shots that Russell Westbrook took in the entire fourth quarter. And uh, okay, I'm going to get off on a little tangent here. Bone to pick with Brian Windhorst. Brian Windhorst, if you're listening. (laughs) (laughs) Of course he is. Of course he's listening. He went on his podcast, The Hoop Collective. And he unleashed some vitriol against Russell Westbrook for that situation. And I don't have any problem with any of the things he said, except that some of the things he said were just factually incorrect. He, He laid out that Westbrook took two shots in the last minute and a half. That's just not true. It was... It was two shots in the last four minutes, one of which was a one-on-one fast break layup, which you just, you gotta, you want him to take that, right? And he probably got fouled anyways. Just, yeah, it, 
to to just put that out there into the world with just saying that Paul George on fire 25 points in the fourth quarter and Russell Westbrook took two shots in the final minute and a half to say that without the backing of fact to just make all your listeners believe that most of whom didn't watch the game it's just irresponsible journalism you know and like he went on the jump with Rachel Nichols later and kind of had his facts a little straighter and straightened it out but no Mr. Winhorst we want we want a redaction from the previous yeah. from the previous <laughs> podcast you know like you can't just get it straightened out on another platform and just say it because people already heard the other one and they don't know which one's right like you you've ru- not ruined his reputation but you've slandered that's the word i don't that's a word that's overused on twitter russell westbrook was slandered by brian winhorst and i I would just like to see someone acknowledge that but i'm back from my tangent real quick (laughs) welcome back (laughs) thank you (laughs) he totally deferred to paul george he knew he was on fire he only took two shots in the fourth quarter okay one was pretty bad but it was an open three-pointer with three and a half minutes left down by three it didn't work out but if that shot goes in like we're all celebrating it as like wow look at the look at the restraint he showed to pick his spot and hit this big momentum three so like i he got the game winning assist he had 17 assists in the game like all the credit in the world to paul george like you said potential mvp performance but Russell Westbrook. Wow. Like, what game management, you know? I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you kind of you forget to even mention. Um, it, it becomes almost an afterthought that Russell Westbrook had 21 points, 15 rebounds, and 17 assists, um, and two, turno- two turnovers. I mean, you're talking about a 17 to 2 assist to turnover ratio. That's. You know, that is amazing. That was an amazing game, and it was a footnote on this game because of how Paul George performed and because of the game winner. Yeah, totally. I, so I didn't get to watch this game. I was listening to it on the radio, but as I was listening to it on the radio, the first thing that popped into my mind was uh, was Mexico City all over again. Um, and as it slowly developed, Paul George got hot, and then Russell Westbrook made the smart basketball plays and deferring to him. But... You also, I also think like when I heard the last play, I was able to actually watch the last play deferring that, which was the obviously right call to Paul George. It's kind of scary because the guy was over uh, 14 before that on these very exact same situations, 10 seconds, last shot. He was not good at this. And yet, you know, uh, Billy Donovan drew it up. The play was going to the hot hand and he was able to make it. Yeah, and I mean, it, it was it was a beautiful play. I mean, so so shouts out to Billy Donovan um, because the play before that, the, the the defensive possession before that, Russell Westbrook got the rebound, and he was hightailing it to go ahead and start a fast break um, to catch the Nets off guard. But as soon as he got that rebound, Billy Donovan was yelling in the ref's ear to call a timeout, and they actually called a timeout to where you know, they were able to advance the ball and set that play up. Um, but, you know, good call on him. And, you know, it's one of those situations where if 
you know, if the Thunder go and they don't make that shot and they lose that game, they can kind of look back on that and be like, you know, oh, you know, Billy Donovan should not have called a timeout. He should have let Westbrook go ahead and um, and go ahead and kind of do the fast break. But he did. He went ahead and uh, called the timeout. We got the play called, and it turned out to be a great play. All right. And we are joined right now by Dylan Hunsinger. Out of, out of the great state of Kentucky. Welcome on to the pod, man. You got anything to say about this Paul George performance against the Nets? The Nets. I'm trying to remember. All right, that's the one we won, right? <laughs> wow, man. Hey, hey come on, listeners. He, he's been moving. He's been moving, okay? Yeah, Dylan, it's the one we won. It's the one Paul George scored 47 points in. Come on. No, man, that was wild. I mean, uh, I, mean I was sitting there. I, I live-tweeted that game. If you follow along the OKC Top of Thunder Twitter, man, I was I was going crazy. Everybody was ready to throw in the towel uh, right there at halftime, and I was like, hey, there's a lot of ball game left to play. And Paul George just came out there, man, just guns a-blazing. Said his name's Paul George, occupation grown man. He lit the towel on fire. Man, it, it was can't throw it in was the insane. towel when it's on fire. You know, there's very few occasions where like everybody in the arena knows that person's going to get the ball, and there's nothing you can do about it. But that happened on Wednesday night, and I mean, it was special to watch. Yeah, and it sounded like it, it sounded like the Thunder had about a thirty percent share of that crowd even at the yes. beginning, and by the end it was about seventy five. What was up with that, man? Like you look at all the videos, and like you got people just whenever whenever PG pumps fakes whoever it was, Jared Dudley or whoever or whoever Jared Dudley was was on the bench. Yeah, he pump faked them, and like everybody in the crowd put their threes up. Like, where, you know, where is this game at? Is it in Oklahoma City? Did I did I miss that? And that goes that echoes back to right when Russ was getting the MVP chance in his MVP season. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Coming down the wire. Orlando. Brooklyn loves Russ. Brooklyn loves the Thunder, man. Yeah, no, something I've noticed, like I mean, I it, it kinda got spotlighted in that game, but I've noticed like thinking back and even in the Bulls game, Paul George might be the best pump fake sidestep three point shooter in the league. It looks so pretty. <laughs> It looks so pretty. He hit one of the exact same shots in the Bulls game. Yeah, you're right. Yeah. It's so casual. Speaking about that Bulls game. Yeah, speaking about that Bulls game. I, I guess I have to speak about it. I've been trying to put it off. Man. I don't want to speak about it. I did the recap, and as much fun as I have doing podcasts, that was one of the least pleasurable recaps that I've been a part of. It was... Just a big bummer. The Bulls beat the Thunder 114 to 112. It was such a big bummer, especially considering that we had a chance to take the first seed in that game because the Nuggets lost, which, I mean, the Thunder going into tonight were the first seed. Questionably, I don't know. The, all the stats say that they were like 0.5 games back, but they were up in the first slot, which doesn't make any sense. So it was especially a bummer considering that. It was especially a bummer considering that Chicago lost their next game by 56 points. <laughs> Making the Thunder losing to them just look so much more embarrassing. 
And it was especially a bummer considering what it did to my preseason wins prediction in which I projected 58 wins. And if the Thunder had won that game going to 17 and 7, that would be exactly a 58 win pace. <laughs> so I w- it's especially a bummer considering the gloating tweet I did not get to send. <laughs> Yeah, uh, Lori a... Markin hit a game winner. Russ got lost <laughs> on a wide open three pointer. They wasted a great Dennis Schroeder game. They wasted a great Stephen Adams game. It was just a big bummer. Yeah, I mean it was it was a big bummer. We're just kind of kind of looking at the the grand scheme of things. It was the third game of a three game road trip. You know they had played their hearts out in in Brooklyn in that fourth quarter to bring it back. Um, it's you know it's it's hard to win on the road in the NBA a lot of times, and so for the Thunder to have a two and one record over this you know this uh, three game road trip, I don't see too much wrong with that. They lost the next night in Chicago by fifty six. <laughs> hey man, they blew their load against us. I mean, it is what it is. Second half of back to back. No, but for real, I mean, it was disappointing because, you know, after that emotional high against the Brooklyn Nets, you know, uh, Paul George getting this MVP buzz from all these Thunder people, nobody nationally, but, you know, all the Thunder people. Um, and then he just comes out there and gets spin mood by Laurie Markkinen. Laurie Markkinen, uh, of everybody on the Chicago Bulls. <laughs> this is the, the slowest spin move I've ever seen, too. It, it was, and, like... If you're watching the replay, it's like, Paul, like, you, you could have stopped that. Yeah. I, I mean, also, if you watch the replay of slow motion, Markkinen's, his shot literally hit the side of the rim before it hit the backboard, then rolled in. And it's just like, that's ridiculous. Oh, uh, I guess I guess we should mention that Paul George also had a wide open attempt yeah, to try to win the game. That was better than any look he had in the Chicago I, game. He needed somebody flying I mean, at him to make him pump fake, I guess. But that, that, <laughs> yeah. I just, I just want to shout out Billy Donovan. That was a great play call with like a twisting tornado kind of play that just popped him wide open. Nobody even in the neighborhood of running at him, and he just, he just couldn't put it down. So, so now, so now, Paul George is one for sixteen on those attempts. <laughs> one for his last two. Hey, 50-50. <laughs> All right, so um, as much as we're laughing about that, we still are going to award the Academy Award for Player of the Week. Congratulations, Paul George. He put up 27.7 points. Uh, Big shout out to that 47 points for hiking up that average. (laughs) 10 rebounds. Five assists, which is like the the 10 rebounds and five assists. That's just kind of something that we're seeing with Paul George this season. He's he's had more triple doubles already this season than he had. I'm sorry, more double doubles already this season than he had last year. His assists average is his career high, and that's on a team with Russell Westbrook on the team. So I, I think those are kind of the two things to really shout out despite the points per game which again are buoyed by that one huge game i think the rebounds and the assists are 
just regulars for him at this point. And I think that's really remarkable. Yeah, I think what's been cool about Paul George this year is his decision making has been spot on. Like, for instance, in the Brooklyn game, like he was on fire. Everybody in that building knew he was on fire. And there was a play in the fourth quarter where he was driving in. And, you know, he had made a few right there at the rim, but he kicked it out to Jeremy Grant for the three, which was the better basketball play. It was a better decision. You know, Grant made the shot. It was an open shot. But, you know, you can name any player in the NBA that would have just drove right in. Like, you know, I'm hot. I'm making. I'm I'm hitting around the rim. I'm going to take this shot. Like, this is my moment. But, you know, Paul George made the better basketball play, and I think we've seen that a lot this season and hope we see it as this season continues on. Well, you can see that this team has a lot more trust, not only in each other, but more continuity. They kind of know that this is going to be a core group that's going to be together for a few years. And it shows in the offense that they play and in the trust that they give each other. Yeah, I mean, Paul George, he's averaging career-high 4.4 assists per game. Uh, he's averaging a career high 8.0 rebounds per game and then a career high 24 points per game. So, I mean, he's doing it. He's doing it big this year. So, yeah, the player of the week award, I think, pretty clearly goes to Paul George this week. Um, really just that one performance carried the day. If he had made that three against the Bulls, it might have been a player of the year kind of week for him. But... <laughs> But he didn't. So for now, all we can give you, Paul, is player of the week. What does that mean? Do I get, do I get anything? Do I win? Do I get a bonus? <laughs> That'll be sick. No, it's just, I don't know. Seems dumb. It does. And uh, just kind of as a, as a side note, as, as, you know, second place, you know, honorable mention, Russell Westbrook had a heck of a week as far as he didn't really shoot the ball well. Um, but as far as looking statistically, you know, he averaged, what was it? 20 something points, 12 rebounds and 12 assists, um, which is, I mean, you're talking about a monster game for one person, but this is a week that he's done. And I, and I know he's done this, you know, repeatedly over the past three seasons, but it's just amazing that this guy has taken the triple double and taken monster to statistical games and kind of turned them into the norm to where people kind of use this as low hanging fruit to find something against this guy. Um, but yeah, he had a monster week also. Um, but because of, you know, the, the great performance against Brooklyn, you know, Paul George does deserve it, but honorable mention Russell Westbrook for his great week also. Yeah, that's kind of becoming a recurring theme of this award where somebody does something really cool and gets player of the game, player of the week. And then we have to be like, oh, yeah, but by the way, Russell Westbrook had a triple double. And maybe <laughs> like I don't even think like Russell Westbrook in that same game that Paul George did that had uh, what what was the stat line? Twenty three, fifteen mm-hmm. and seventeen. Or something yeah. like that. 21, 21, 15. I mean, 21, 15, and 17. Yeah. Yeah. And then that's not even the best performance on the team. So, like, yeah, I think it's a good thing that we continue to give Russell Westbrook a well deserved shout out for mm-hmm. stat lines and averages and performances that for any other team in the league would be the best performance they had all season. 
Hey, and people forget, like, you know, we're so quick to anoint Paul George player of the game for that Brooklyn game specifically. But that game might not happen without Russell Westbrook because even though his shot was off in the second half, that man was grabbing every rebound that he possibly could to create opportunities for Paul George to make those shots. So they work together in tandem. Yep, they're a great fit. We think this team is a really good fit together, but there was a report recently that came out, and and look, the Thunder have to always try to be improving, right? Even though we like this team, even though we love their chemistry, there are certain people that you could trade for who would make the team better immediately. So there was a report from Gary, or is it Jerry? I don't know. G-E-R-Y. Gary? Jerry. Jerry Wolfel, which his last name just has too many consonants also. Um, A guy who is considered an insider with the Milwaukee Bucks and has gotten some things right and some things wrong in the past. So take this with a grain of salt. But he had a report that Chris Middleton was cussing out coaches and teammates in practice the other day. Uh, it's something of a Jimmy Butler situation or, or some, something close to that. So whether or not that's true, it opens the door for us to talk about trade possibilities and we're going to do that. So I, I don't know who, who has a good trade possibility for the Thunder to get Chris Middleton on the team and, and should the Thunder try to do that? So, I mean, I, I, I put together a, a small trade for Mr. Middleton. Uh, so it would be so it would involve Alex Cabrinas, Patrick Patterson, and unfortunately, Hamadou Diallo. Uh, you got to give something to get something uh, <laughs> for Chris Middleton and Sterling Brown. Uh, so I figure Sterling Brown, he had that, he had that little issue with the uh, Milwaukee Police Department. And maybe that's something that, you know, maybe he wants to move on to another team also. Uh, so he could be something that, you know, filler that could be put into this trade. Um, and so, you know, that would be my trade right there. Um, nothing past that. Like, I wouldn't, you know, Chris Middleton's a good player, um, but I wouldn't trade a Dennis Schroeder. I wouldn't trade, you know, Andre Robertson at this point. I wouldn't trade him for Middleton yet. Um, but, yeah, that's that would be my trade. Should we do it? Uh, yeah. For that? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm, I'm actually a little... I'm actually a little surprised to hear you say that you wouldn't include Dennis Schroeder in a deal for Chris Middleton. Mm-mm. No, I wouldn't. Man. I, I mean, the, the problem with that is, well, here's the thing. Like, it depends on what you're getting in addition to Chris Middleton because we've seen we've seen what um, Felton brings to the table, and it's not that much this season. Last season, for some reason, um, but I think this team is geared toward and passing the ball and moving it around the horn, and I don't think Felton does that. And so he would disrupt any type of chemistry, any type of rhythm that this team has uh, if he was the main backup point guard. And just imagine Russ Westbrook getting hurt and Raymond Felton being this. That's a scary proposition. Uh, well, I 100% agree. I, I don't want... Raymond Felton to be the backup point guard for this team. But I also don't think this team has a 
significant chance at winning a championship this year. Like I, I think that the hope for this team would be next year or the year after that. And for that reason, I would be totally willing to include Dennis Schroeder in a trade for Chris Middleton because Dennis Schroeder has a cap on his minutes per game right now. You know, like, okay, so in a vacuum, who's the better player, Chris Middleton or Dennis Schroeder? They bring different things to the table. I, I, I mean, I okay, I, I, that's true. I mean, <laughs> that's true, but I, I, mean, I think I, it's pretty I, unequivocally I, Chris Middleton on yeah, who's the better player. Better. Yeah. What he's is he like, better, the yeah. fifth or sixth best shooting guard in the league right now? Probably. Yeah, probably. Somewhere that's about, he's about guard, right. He's a small right? Dennis Schroeder, well, he would play shooting guard for this team. Yeah. So Dennis Schroeder is the, I don't know, somewhere between 15th and 20th best point guard in the league. Yeah. And the Thunder yeah, already have an excellent point guard. Like, the, the fact is that Dennis Schroeder is limited to minutes. Russell Westbrook isn't on the court. And maybe, like, what what's the maximum minutes Dennis Schroeder can play for this team? 25? Chris Middleton Probably. could come in and play 35 minutes for this team tomorrow, you know? Like, so just no, just that. based on production, like I I think that it's a better fit. And like like you said, it would cause a problem for this team in the backup minutes to Russell Westbrook this year. But I feel like that's something that can be corrected, if not later this year, then next year. Mm-hmm. And I, I just think the upside on that, you would just have to pull the trigger. I mean, the only thing the only thing with Middleton is that he is unrestricted free agent after this season. So what is he going to be expecting on the market and what are the Thunder willing to give him? That would be kind of like looking you know, further in the future as far as why this trade is made or why maybe it won't be made. Uh, that'll probably be something yeah, that comes up. That's true. That's a good point. Um, I mean, I, I, you know, I would say give the man his money, but that's up to the owners, obviously. <laughs> If they want to do it, I mean, you know my stance. If the owners want to pay the man, then I'm I'm going to say pay the man. But oh, yeah. so with everything I just said, my framework at a deal for Chris Middleton would start at Dennis Schroeder plus Diallo. Like I consider, I consider Hamadou Diallo <laughs> to be a first round pick in the trade market. Dylan, like I Dylan's think that's what's not too worth. happy with that. No, I know. I knew. He, <laughs> But I consider in the trade market that Hamadou Diallo is a first-round pick yeah. right now, a Thunder first-round pick, which we can expect to be in the 20 to 30 range. So not even like a lottery pick. Um, so, yeah, I think Schroeder plus a non-lottery first is probably a fair deal for Chris Middleton. And, yeah, you're not going to be happy. They're, they're, pro- they're probably going to have fans upset about it too, right? Only, only reason I would say no to that is, you know, why Milwaukee wouldn't do it is because they just got George Hill. Yeah, sure. Well, I mean, he's gonna he's gonna be gone next year. Mm-hmm. So, like, I, I mean, I don't know if if they want a a good point guard to pair with with Giannis, and they don't think that Bledsoe is the answer because he hasn't been the answer, then maybe they go for it. And look, I mean, I <laughs> I'm I guess I'm on a way different side of this than you are, Alex, because. I even thought that uh, Schroeder plus Diallo was a little bit too little to give for Chris Middleton. He's just that good. 
So it I was even so I was even willing to say, and again, if the owners are willing to do this, our trade traded player exception for Tony Snell, straight up, take on some salary, get him off that contract. They're probably not thrilled about it, and just throw that in. Like I, I think like if you throw those things those three things in, Milwaukee might have to consider it. And that's again bad financially, mm-hmm. and Middleton could walk, but if you can get some kind of assurance from him. And if the Milwaukee is willing to accept that deal, then I think you have to take it. So that's my trade. It's Schroeder plus Diallo for Middleton and Carmelo Anthony's traded player exception for Tony Snell. I might, I might take that. I might actually take that. I think that's, I think that that works. And I, I think both teams are he, he kind of, swung of me, he, he swung yeah. me over to the, to the trade <laughs> Schroeder thing. And yeah, again, like it's not, I don't want to trade Shooter. I think he's great. But if he might be one of the only few chances this team has to get a star. And Chris Middleton, Chris Middleton is bordering on becoming a star in the NBA. So like, I, I think if there's a way to get him on the team, like the upside of that deal, and he can play off the ball. He's not a ball dominant guy. He can sh- hit, catch and shoot threes. So like I, I think the Thunder have to try to make that work if they have an opportunity to make that he's work. A, he's a perfect wing for this new NBA. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, dude, just like Russ, Chris Middleton, Paul George, Jeremy Grant, Stephen Adams. That that'll be that'll be <laughs> Come the on. Warriors four out of seven. Yeah, man. Like yeah. man. If you can get him on this team, you got to do it. For a non-starter, like, just come on. Yeah, I agree. Anybody else? Yeah, I have one. He's uh, in mourning. He's in mourning right now. <laughs> I'm trying to adjust it. Oh, daggone it. Trade exceptions, mother fricker. Well, what do you, just, what do you got? Tell me, if, tell me what you got. Well, I don't even know if it works. Because the trade machine didn't allow this trade because the salary didn't match up, but, mm-hmm. the, but the trade exception makes it work. Well... I've got Andre Robertson, Patrick Patterson, Terrence Ferguson, four, Chris Middleton, and <laughs> Jason Smith, who apparently has a no trade clause. He's an expiring deal, so his money comes off immediately. Um, but and you can say it, but I just, I just personally don't feel like Robertson has much value on the trade market. Yeah, I think. I don't know. I, I feel like Ferguson's the draw and Robertson's just a luxury if it works out. I mean, you know, they're both cheaper options than Middleton is. I had. You had, you had, you had Robertson, Ferguson, who else? Patterson. Patterson, okay. That might for be too Middleton, much. It's yeah, close for Middleton, to too much. But he close had Middleton and Jason Smith, right? Yeah. Oh, okay, he added another one. Okay, that probably works. Yeah, it looks like the salaries work out. It just like I said, apparently Jason Smith has a no trade clause. Wow. I think How he just got he he probably just got traded, I think, by he I think he was on the Wizards. Yeah, yeah that sounds right. So you probably can't flip him that quick. Well shucks. <laughs> yeah, it says if the, if 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 a if a team is over the salary cap and receives a player in a trade they cannot trade the player in combination with other players in, for two months. Uh, and number two, the player can be traded by himself. Yeah. So, so this restriction uh, ends February 6th. 
So I think the other option is... Robertson Ferguson straight up through Middleton. Yeah, or waiting until Jeremy Grant is possible. I mean, if you get, like, again, like, I love Jeremy Grant, but yeah. if, you get, if you can get Chris Middleton for Jeremy Grant, like, <laughs> you got to think about it. You got to think about it, yeah, but he's... He's better than Jeremy Grant. All, yeah. all due respect to Jeremy Grant. Should 100%. we include all this? <laughs> I don't know. I mean, that. I, mean I, think, I think Paul George and Chris Middleton kind of, their skill set kind of, you know, kind of melds together, but Jeremy Grant is something else that... There's hardly a, there's there's not too much explanation for him on the floor as far as being this hybrid, you know, four that that can play on the perimeter that can shoot threes now. He's a weapon. Yeah, I mean, Stephen Stephen doesn't agree, but hey, it is what it is. He's absolutely <laughs> a weapon, but he's not anywhere close to an all star level weapon, which Chris Middleton is. He's like mm-hmm. he's like Chris Middleton on this team is like put you in contention with the Warriors right now. I know, yeah. Like in, to me, anybody except Russ PG and Steven Adams is on the table for Chris Middleton. Wow. So I have this question because you said you was willing to trade Steven Adams for Brad Beal. Do you think Brad Beal's better than Chris Middleton? Yeah, for sure. Hmm. But I w- I will also say that I that that opinion of mine was before the season started, and Steven Adams has taken something of a leap this year, and Brad Beal has looked a little less valuable than he did to start this season. So it's possible that I was incorrect when I made that position. Gotcha. I, I might agree that Brad Beal is better than Chris Middleton, but I would say Chris Middleton's a better fit on the team than Brad Beal. That, that's that's a fair point. That could be true. Even though that's completely off topic. So go ahead and grab reins. <laughs> All right. So um, next topic does Houston struggling make you smile? Absolutely. <laughs> I mean, well, yeah, I a little s- bit, right? I can see y'all on Skype right now, so I, <laughs> you don't even have to answer the question. I see a lot of smiles on the screen oh, right now. Oh, my gosh. It's, y'all, it's, it's, y'all are it's cute like, when you smile. <laughs> it's kind of like, what is going on with this team? Like, I'm loving, like, every time I look at this, you know, every time I look on the NBA app and I see the scores and I'm like, Houston lost again? Like, what's going on? Like, like. It's like a part of me, a part of me, I'm not saying that a part of me wants me wants them to be good. I'm not saying that at all, because I don't. But a part of me is wondering, like, what the heck is going on with that team? Like, this is a team that pushed Golden State to seven games last year in the Western Conference Finals. The last two, you know, two and a half games of that series without Chris Paul. And this team is near the bottom of the Western Conference, of a loaded Western Conference, or Western Conference that's very convoluted and if houston goes on a five-game win streak they're back in the mix but it's just it's just funny to me it's just funny to me i smile i laugh and I, i'm just wondering what's going on with them currently well, just, 11 and 14 14th mm-hmm. seed in the west yep. that's just a combination of the underestimating the fact that they let trevor reza walk they let mal mute walk and those were like integral parts to their defense and they thought that they could bring in Carmelo Anthony and he would be able to at least uh, fill the hole or stop gap. And it's just that's just not the case. Also, Chris Paul just hasn't been very good. Yeah, it also doesn't help that, you know, that James Harden character just keeps stat padding. And we all know stat padding doesn't yield to victories. Yeah, like, you know, I, so I kind of want, I, I want to bring this up. Like, it's, 
when 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 James Harden does something, you know, amazing statistically, he gets applauded. And then Russell Westbrook does something amazing statistically, and he may get applauded, but there's also a but at the end of that applause. And that kind of gets on my nerve, man. It's kind of it's kind of starting to to really kind of grate on me as far as there's no appreciation for what Russell does, but anytime James Harden, anytime LeBron James, anytime one of these other guys does something, it's like it's magnified. It's just it's just it's getting on my nerves. It's that backhanded compliment, you know, like he's good, but you know, yeah. two years ago he did this. It, it's know. almost worse when he gets a triple double at this point. It almost is, you know, it's almost fuel to the fire of like. You know, oh, this guy got a triple double. Did they win? Oh, they did win. Well, let's look at his shots. Yeah, it's really frustrating. Um, it's something that we hope can kind of turn around as the team starts to do better, and maybe as he gets a a, a few fewer triple doubles as the season goes on. You know, it's it's crazy when you talk about the, the triple double. They always look for like the downside, which is usually his, uh, you know, field goal percentage, right? So, you know, he made 18 shots on 38 baskets, right? Almost like Kobe-like numbers, and yet gets crushed more than Kobe ever got crushed from what it was. It he scored 60 on like 61 shots. Dang, I don't think so. <laughs> well, you know what I mean. He had, he had like one of those games where he took almost as many shots as he did points in order to get there. And like we herald that game for Kobe as like such a high regard. But if Russell Westbrook were to do that and get a triple double, he would get murdered in the media. Yeah. Yeah. And also like, you know, nobody wants to talk about this, but James Harden right now leads the league in both usage rates and turnovers. If that was and Russell Westbrook, is talking about yeah. If, if that was Russell Westbrook, it'd be all over ESPN, Fox Sports. Chris Carter would be like, Russell Westbrook has the ball too dang much. Like, like it, he would it, be crucified every day by uh, what's his name? How Cowherd? Yeah, Cowherd. Oh, don't. Yeah. Okay, no. Let's move on. We're not talking about him. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> moving on. The Oklahoma City Blue are the top team in the G League right now. That's neat. Yeah, so I mean, I, I just I, see the thing is, I, I get these alerts from from the Thunder um, as far as after every G League, after every Blue game, um, I get these alerts, you know, of how they did, and every alert that I get, basically they're winning every game, you know, whether it's a close game, whether it's a blowout, um, and so I just kind of, you know, wanted to look into it, and they are the best team in the league record-wise. They're eleven and two. Um, there's a couple good teams. There's there's a team right right. Um, beneath them, that's eleven and three, and then the Eastern Conference team. I think it's the Toronto team, the nine oh five. They're also eleven and three. But you know, it's just it's something that I just wanted to bring up. You know, Deontay Burton. He's played four games for them. He's he's basically spent his entire season with the Thunder, um, but he has played four games for them, and he's averaging fifteen point three points, uh, four point five rebounds, and three point five assists. Um, but the star of the team is actually the Thunder's other two way player. Tyler Davis, uh, who's averaging 19 points and 11.7 rebounds. So, you know, it just kind of goes to show you that this league, you know, the G League, it's still, it's still a couple years behind the NBA as far as how they play because a guy like Tyler Davis, a guy like Dakari uh, Johnson can still dominate in this league, whereas in the NBA, 
they are complete afterthoughts and probably off every roster um, in the league. And our other guy, Abdul Gadi, he's actually uh, number three in assists at 8.1 assists per game. So just a little update from the G League um, on your podcast. Hey, I really right, like uh, Abdul Gadi. I remember him in the uh, not the pre-season. summer league. Yeah, preseason games. I really liked his game. Yeah. Well, good for him. <laughs> Go blue. Yeah. <laughs> Go blue. All right, blue. So, so another thing going on in the NBA this year is that Russ has become a real trendsetter um, publicly. He it, it it started with his rock the baby move that spread throughout the league uh, very quickly, spread outside the league. Actually, you see it in like college football now and stuff. And then it has gone all the way to Russ. Basically, all season has been giving his shoes away to fans. Now, he had one fan shoe giveaway go kind of viral on Twitter. And since then. It's become kind of a normal thing among NBA players. We saw Paul George, Paul George do it after his 47-point game. We've seen Steph Curry do it. And most recently, LeBron James got into the act. Anthony, you got something to say about that? You make it home now. Survive! Yes, let me get on my soapbox for a little bit here. <laughs> this is one of the things that frustrates me about LeBron James, right? I've always recognized his greatness in basketball, but for years now, I have it seems like I've been the only person complaining that he's a copycat. Case in point, the year of the uh, lockout, Durant was still on the Thunder, went out to Stillwater, played some flag football, it yeah. made the news. It made ESPN. Two days later, who's out there playing flag football? LeBron James. <laughs> like, come on. Like, and then again, I'm sure LeBron James has given away his shoes on numerous sure, occasions. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure this happens more frequently than we than we know. But all of a sudden, it gets attention by, you know, this just happens to be Russell Westbrook, who is a trendsetter. Uh, it gets attention here. It spreads within his team, and then lo and behold miraculously there's footage of lebron james giving away his shoes to one of the um ball boys or the ball girls on that particular day and it's like front and center on espn it just frustrates me and irritates me that the man who is literally this generation's greatest of all time feels the need that he doesn't get enough attention that he has to go jump onto somebody else's hype train to steal that attention back and that's all i'm gonna say Flames. (laughs) Flames. <laughs> Flames. I kind of want to piggyback on Cover that. <laughs> kind of want to piggyback on that because I saw, you know, you talked about Steph Curry doing it. And Steph Curry signed both pairs of his shoes and gave one to one kid and gave another one to another kid. And there was like two birds, one stone. Somebody said Westbrook didn't have the basketball IQ to do this. But my retort is, you know, <laughs> why why do you want one basketball shoe? What are you going to do with one basketball shoe? Yeah, like, and I saw somebody respond to that and say they wouldn't be able to wear his shoes anyways. It's like, you think Steph Curry's got big feet? <laughs> Guy's like 6'2". Like, come on. The odds that that kid gets to wear those shoes later in life are pretty good. 
Yeah, he don't got them size 15s like Rust does. That's right. <laughs> you know, if I'm one of those kids, I might not want one of those Steph Curry shoes because that man's got consistently either has ankle problems or or, or hamstring problems. I mean, they're I'm not, not going to go buy the shoe, it. But... They're not going to go buy a pair of those Under Armors, that's for sure. Well, I mean, that's, <laughs> hey, that's like, uh, that's like those Adidas. You know, Adidas got a bad rap whenever Derrick Rose kept on getting those leg injuries. Uh, so... Yeah, you know, maybe Under Armour shoes are kind of the same, the same thing. Yeah, all right. So basically, we're saying that Russ needs to get more credit for the shoes, and LeBron needs to keep his shoes on his own feet. That's about it, right, Anthony? Just, just find something that hasn't been done and do it. Then we'll cover or, you. At I least mean, properly, has... properly give Russ credit when you do it. Just cite exactly. your sources. LeBron. It it feels like ESPN is like. 75% LeBron and Laker watch anyways, but like, come on now, let's let's give credit to other people that are setting trends here. To to be fair, LeBron did open a private school. <laughs> that that was pretty cool. No, and 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 I was happy about it, and I think that's great. And as a matter of fact, I would encourage Russell and everybody else go open a school yourself and like steal <laughs> some of that attention away from it but i think that's awesome and i think that's great and and he deservedly so deserves all that media coverage but like again stop stealing other people's stuff <laughs> so yeah basically we're saying everybody stop trying to steal russ's thunder but speaking of stealing things from other teams we had a report in the Twitter sphere today from Adrian Wojnarowski that the lakers might be trying to steal trevor reza from the Suns. Yeah, Woj Bob dropped earlier that the Lakers are working. They're looking for a third team to take on uh, Cantavius Caldwell Pope as part of a larger deal that would send Trevor Ariza to the Lakers. Makes sense. Makes sense for them. I mean, they're not. They wouldn't be taking on any future salary in that deal. So yeah, that that lines up with their goals. What's wild for this, man, is, you know, we know that LeBron called James Jones and was like, yo, I need you to release Tyson Chandler for me because I want him on my team. And it, it's just ironic. Like, I'm not saying this is happening or not, but it's just ironic for that team and LeBron's team to be in talks again for a guy who is pretty much high, he's He's pretty highly coveted around the league right now. And for, Le you know, for LeBron's team to want him and just be like, yo, James, let's do a deal, man. It's kind of it's kind of a little bit of a, what's that called? A, what's that? Insider trading? No, not, not it's not conspiracy. What's it called? Uh, what's collusion. 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 There we go. Sounds like a little yeah. bit of collusion going on there. Matt, uh, what is it? Thunderchest, I think it was you, the one that tweeted out a, uh, uh, LeBron James and James Jones's quote-unquote conversation where he's like, hey, what do, you, what do you need? You need Devin Booker? They're like, no, that'll be too obvious. Just give us Trevor Ariza for now. <laughs> I wasn't going to pipe up my own tweet, but I appreciate the pub. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's it's definitely not ironic, though. It's exactly what you would expect from, from LeBron, who kind of manipulates the league about at his own whims. Uh, so I don't know. Does anybody else have anything league-wide that they'd like to discuss? I, I did want to bring this up because 
um, Worldwide Wob actually tweeted out a three-team trade that kind of makes sense for all parties. Um, and it was with the Philadelphia 76ers, in which the Sixers take on KCP. They get the Lakers' first-round pick and the Milwaukee's first-round pick from the Suns. Uh, the Lakers, of course, get Ariza. And then Phoenix Suns get Markel Fultz. What do you guys think about that? So wait, what are the Suns giving up in that scenario? They're giving up a, a Milwaukee first-round pick and Ariza mm-hmm. for Fultz? Yep. Do they need to give up that much to get Fultz at this point? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I don't even think they need to give up that much. I think just like a first-round pick and some salary might get might get you Markel Fultz right now. It's probably fair. This Wild World Wild Wild is not a GM. <laughs> Hey, so so crazy, just qu- crazy question. I, I don't want to delve too deep into this, um, but if Philly is not looking to take back salary, let's say they're looking to kind of build their team um, off of free agents from here on out, um, and they say, "Look, we don't we don't want to take back salary from Arkell Fultz. You know, give us give us salary cap relief and maybe a future first, um, highly protected." Would you do the uh, Carmelo Anthony traded player exception <clears throat> for Markel Fultz. Yes. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But it'd be way in the future. But, yeah, I don't yeah, care. Why not get him into a new organization? Maybe he clears his head. Maybe he gets over his yips, uh, gives his time shoulder to to uh, to heal, and then maybe we get the Markel Fultz we saw in college. And you yeah. know how Sam Presti loves to rehabilitate former lottery Image picks. Is, so, yeah, that, yeah, we would absolutely be in on that if that was on the table. Yeah, for sure. Not not just lottery picks, but I mean, th- this organization is famous for developing young talent, and uh, you know we have a really good winning culture here. So, I mean, Marco Fultz could revitalize his career here. <laughs> yep. All right, so that's about it for league wide. So now we're gonna move on to this week's forecast. Okay, so first up on Monday is uh, Utah at home. Uh, Utah has always been a team that gives us fits. Uh, Ricky Rubio has gone off at us sometimes. The Donovan Mitchell has gone off on, on us sometimes. Uh, Rudy Gobert has gone off on us on times. Uh, speaking of Gobert, one of the questions leading into this game is, can he stay in the game longer than three minutes? Um, as he was uh, – first he criticized the referee – uh, and then he received a big $25,000 fine. And then he, uh, the next game, he gets a foul on the opening tip. And then a uh, minute and a half later, gets uh, pulls out of the game, slaps water off the uh, announcer's table, and, uh, and gets ejected right after that. So he is not a fan of the referees, and clearly they're not a fan of him. Um, so it's going to be interesting to see how, if he gets calls, especially when he's banging down low against uh, Steven Adams, Patrick Patterson, those kind of guys. Um, can we stop Donovan Mitchell, or can we contain Joe Ingles? Joe Ingles has been one of those guys who's a pain in our side and just goes off. Um, and then how will Kyle Korber fit into this unit, into Utah? A three-point assassin. So that's just another guy that we have to watch on the perimeter. So uh, definitely perimeter defense is going to be uh, crucial in this game in order to get the victory. 
I really want to beat this team. <laughs> yes. I think we all do. Um, worth noting, both teams are coming off a loss. Um, adding in to the narrative of this being the Western Conference playoffs matchup. Um, you know, both teams are have a little bit something extra to play for. Yeah, most definitely. And, you know, when it's all said and done, these teams really don't like each other. No. No, they don't. No, I mean, that, that's going to be fresh on, on the Thunder's mind as far as, you know, the team that ended their season last year, especially Paul George, uh, who, you know, season-ending type you know, press conference, he basically said, I have unfinished business, you know, on this team. And the team that finished the season for them was Utah. Uh, so that's going to be, you know, he's going to be seeing red, hopefully, uh, whenever they come on the floor. And hopefully it comes out to be a victory. All right, so Paul George, go finish your business, man. And then the next game after that is on Wednesday at New Orleans. Uh, the Thunder are 1-0 against New Orleans so far on the season. That's the game, if you remember, that Russell Westbrook rolled his ankle towards the end, but the Thunder did finish that one out. The Pelicans are 14-14 and on the season. They will play at Boston before they play against the Thunder. Um, that game's on Monday, so neither team's going to have a real rest advantage for that. Anthony Davis is obviously the guy you need to talk about, the start and the finish with the Pelicans. He's averaging 27.8 points, 12.5 rebounds, almost five assists, 1.7 steals, 2.9 blocks. He would be an MVP front runner if their team had a better record right now. Uh, beside that, Drew Holiday is at 20.4 points and 9.1 assists. Those are really solid stats, and we know he plays great defense. Miritich, 16.2 points, almost 10 rebounds. Julius Randle coming off the bench, 18.9 points, 9.4 rebounds. Just like that's that's crazy production. He is coming off the bench, right? That's right, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So so he's if he's not, um, that might be one of the top contenders for the six man of the year award that we're hoping Dennis Schroeder pops up for. Uh also Etuan Moore is at fourteen point four points per game. I still just remember him as that guy that hit that game winner for Chicago against the Thunder like four years ago. And then Alfred Payton is going to be out. Um this is gonna be a tough game, but this is a game the Thunder should win and with as tough as this week is going to be, this is a game the Thunder need to win. Yeah, it's going to be a tough game. Anthony Davis is always a tough out for us. Uh, he plays phenomenal in the um, Chesapeake Energy Arena. And if I'm not mistaken, he's had a couple last-second daggers to take the game for New Orleans. Um, and so, you know, it's oh, and then that's also a tough cover for Steven Adams. Um, so hopefully that game he can have – you know, coming off Monday, he's guarding Rudy Gobert, and then to be guarding Anthony Davis back to back, you would hope that maybe uh, he's able to play good defense and have a good offensive night. Usually, it's one or the other against those kind of guys. Actually, it turns out Julius Randle has been starting uh, at least the last three games. That's as far back as I've looked. Um, Miritich has been coming off the bench. I don't know hmm. what for, but. Okay. Randall in his last three games has been averaging right at 27 points, 26 points, 27 points, 28 points. Dude is on a tear right now. So, yeah, and he had the one game of what 36, I think. So that'll that'll hike up that average in three games. So yeah, 
but but if he's starting, that's interesting because that means they made a decision to go a little more beast mode up front. Um, but I, I assume Miritich is still getting solid minutes. Yeah, he had 30 the last game, uh, 30 minutes the last game. So yeah, he he's definitely still in the rotation. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, guys. I mean, this like Julius Randle was the reason why New Orleans was in that game, um, and actually took a, a lead in this in the first half. Um, I think he was what was it, seven of seven in that game or yeah, and, yeah. He he shot very well in that game. Uh, the last time the Thunder and and the and the uh, Pelicans met. Um, you know, if he's starting, I, I think if he's starting, that kind of mutes a little bit of his production or a little bit, you know, he, he would take advantage of, of bench bigs. Um, and I think the Thunder have a pretty good uh, tandem up front with Grant and with Adams to kind of battle that. So I don't know. It'd be interesting to see how he does against the starters in starter minutes. Um, and I think that that'll probably be where the game, you know, a lot of the game is played. I, I think, Who's who's going to be the starting point guard? Is it Tim Frazier? Does Tim Frazier still play on that team? If if Peyton is out, uh, looks like yeah, Frazier started the last game. That's our boy right there, Anthony Tim Frazier. Tim Frazier in the house. <laughs> so yeah, so I, I mean, still can't believe the Lakers just let Randall walk. Yeah, I know, I know. I mean, can you imagine that? Can you imagine him on that team with LeBron? That'd, that'd be such an advantage for them. He might be the second best player on that team. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I think Tim Frazier. Tim Frazier is okay, but Russell should take advantage of that. And I think Dennis Schroeder should, you know, take advantage of whoever their third-string point guard is coming into the game. Maybe Etwan Moore, whoever. But um, Dennis Schroeder should take advantage of that and may be uh, one of the reasons why they win this game. Oh, yeah, no, I was just saying it is Etwan Moore who's the backup point guard there. Etwan Moore, Darius Miller. Um, then, you, of course, you got Miritich, and then they got Chick Diallo. So they only played nine guys last game, which, you know, isn't terrible, but compared to Thunder, who plays usually like 10 to 11 guys, they are running a little bit thin on the rotation-wise. So, um Maybe we can run them out of gas early. <laughs> well, hopefully, hopefully they don't run us out of gas too much because then we travel over to uh, to Denver uh, to go ahead and uh, and play the Nuggets there. And you know, as everything, whenever you go to Denver to play a sport, um, it's always the adjustment period of getting getting your lungs, getting your body used to that altitude. Um, and so, but he's, the thing with the with with the Nuggets is that they play at a much slower pace than a lot of the top teams in the league. Um, so they're actually 26th in pace at a 98.84 possessions per game. Um, if you want, if you like rebounds, this is the game for you because Oklahoma city and Denver are both uh, one and two in rebound percentage um, or they're one and two in offensive rebound percentage. Uh, Denver is number one in rebound percentage overall. Um, so this is going to be one of those games that's, you know, Stephen Adams is going to be very important to this game, but also Paul George, Russell Westbrook, diving into there and getting rebounds themselves uh, is going to be very important for them. Uh, Denver started off nine and one, and they've been eight and eight since. But their eight and eight has been kind of weird because um, they won seven in a row and they've lost their last two. Um, so they've, they've been a little bit weird. Uh, Paul Millsap is out with a broken toe. Gary Harris is going to be out with a hip injury. 
And, of course, Isaiah Thomas, Will Barton, um, their draft pick, uh, Michael Porter Jr., and also uh, who else? somebody else is out for them. Um, but, you know, their, their depth is coming into question because of all the injuries. Um, and that should be, you know, this should be one of those games that the Thunder look at. You know, the Nuggets beat them the last time they came to Oklahoma City, and the Nuggets are actually kind of tied with them in the Northwest Division. And since their records are so good, they're tied for them for the top of the Western Conference. So it should be a pretty good matchup. Yeah, hopefully Adams does a better job of containing Jokic, um, both on the offensive end and uh, taking advantage of him on the – I'm sorry, I said it backwards. Better job containing him defensively and then exploiting him offensively because Adams only finished with 12 points that game. I think he shot like 5 of 12 and – he just kind of looked uncomfortable out there. I think Jokic even blocked him at the rim a couple of times. So uh, Jokic is not known for his defensive ability. So hopefully Adams can do a better job of uh, dictating that matchup. And I think that will have a lot to do with the outcome of that game. This is definitely going to be a uh, heavy week for Steven Adams in the first three games guarding, uh, you know, Gobert and then Anthony Davis and then Jokic. Yeah, that's for sure. It's gonna. It's a tough week all around because we move on to the last game of the week on Saturday at home for the Los Angeles Clippers, and the Clippers are sixteen and nine on the season currently. They are messing around at the top of the Western Conference standings. I, I, I think we're all a little surprised by that. OKC is one and one against them on the season. Big asterisk on the loss. Um, Russell Westbrook wasn't playing. So take that. They play at the Suns, home versus Toronto, and at San Antonio before they play against the Thunder. Big names for them, Tobias Harris, 21 points, 8.4 rebounds. Danilo Gallinari is still healthy. That's that's amazing. <laughs> Look, he has he's 18.8 points, but that, his biggest stat is that he's still healthy. Lou Williams is at 17.6 points. Montrez Harrell. Six man of the year competitor for Dennis Schroeder is at 15.9 points. And then Shea Gilgis-Alexander is a great rookie at 10.6. This is a big one for the Thunder, not only because you want to get a W, not only because it's a fourth consecutive potential playoff team in the same week, and not only because the Clippers are actually pretty good, it's a big game for the Thunder because being one and one already, this game could have big tiebreaker implications for between these two teams. And and as stacked as the Western Conference is, tiebreakers could be really important this year. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this is I mean this this whole, whole week, but especially these last two games in this week, back to back at Denver and then versus the Clippers, could have you know, ramifications as far as tiebreakers go uh, for the rest of the season. So big, big games this week. Yeah, absolutely. Um, this, this is going to be a real test of how good the Thunder are. Yeah. And, you know, we was talking about the matchups that Stephen Adams has to have, has to go against him this week with Gobert and Anthony Davis and Jokic. But his most physically daunting task might be in this game against the giant Boban Marjanovic. <laughs> like, I mean, 
Adams is gonna have to take a nice long ice bath after this week. <laughs> yeah, he is. Most definitely. Yeah, so let's hope that the Thunder really step up and and they've been beating a lot of bad teams up until that Chicago game. So let's hope they really step up and beat some good teams this week. Uh, you guys got anything else? Russ versus Pat Bev 2.0. Yeah, that's true. Hopefully everybody comes away with their knees intact. So thanks for listening, guys. <laughs> or, or, uh, their, or, or, or their teeth. You know, their teeth, right. Thing. Yeah. Hey, right. uh, so so any any predictions on the record for this week? Dylan, what you got? Oh, you know what I got, man. We go four and oh. I got God. to. I got to. I'm not blinking. Uh, I'm not blinking first. <laughs> I'm gonna be pessimistic. I'm gonna go two and two. Oh man. Yeah, what else is new? <laughs> that hurt. See, I was going realistic and I was gonna say two and two as well. He's not a realist. He's a pessimist. <laughs> um, I actually, uh, I have a thunder grumbling uh, before we end this podcast. Okay. As right. you guys, here's, as Dylan, you... here's Dylan with thunder grumbling. Let's get ready to grumble. Nice fade out on the mic. All right, but as you guys can see, I do not have my glasses on right now. I played basketball on Tuesday for the first time in like a month and a half. And I was shooting around, and we saw the start of the game, and I realized, crap, I forgot to put my contacts in. I played basketball on my glasses before, so I'm like, all right, it's cool. We'll be all right. Literally, in the first game, uh, I was at the left wing. Old boy was at the key, and he just rifled a no-look pass and just smacked me square in the face. And uh, I, half of my glasses lay on the floor, and I, w- I was wearing a headband, so the other part was still in my ear behind my headband. So I had to play the rest of the night with no eyes. <laughs> Dang. Yeah, Dylan, that's the like second. No, Nerland's Noel. <laughs> yeah. Dylan, that's the second time you've, thund- you've thunder grumbled this season, and both of them have involved you getting smacked in the head. What's up with that? <laughs> <sighs> I don't know, man. I guess I'm just a hazard to myself. <laughs> gotta get those hands up and ready man yeah they they should have been they they were down lower he he didn't hit me in my sweet spot if only russ was (laughs) passing it to me (laughs) all right so that's been thunder grumbling pray for dylan's head because his head needs it he might miss the next podcast he's under uh he's on concussion protocol all right again thanks for listening (laughs) Make sure to check out the recap that's going to drop after the Thunder's next game. And make sure to check out our podcast with Snotty Drippin'. Again, we had a lot of fun on that, and big thanks to him. That's going to drop on Wednesday. In the meantime, you can find us at OKC Topic Thunder for all the pods, at thunderousintentions.com for all the recaps and that Snotty interview. You can find us at now that's thunderbasketball.com for every podcast, iTunes, Please subscribe and give us a five-star rating and a good review if you're doing that there. It really helps us out a lot. You can find us on Stitcher, Spotify, and wherever else you get your podcasts. But in the meantime, as always, thunder up. Thunder up. Thunder up.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.